Welcome out to BARG today. I got Jason here, and what are we going to talk about today? Today we've got joint credit, um, the do's and don'ts, positives and negatives, and as well as uh, spousal buyouts. Awesome. Sounds good. Welcome to the audio version of BARG, exclusively for Canadian mortgage professionals who want to avoid losing the rate game by using the credit game to win. To join the conversation for visuals and additional resources, you can go to our private Facebook or LinkedIn page, and all the links and resources are in the show notes. As today's co-host, give us an idea of, of your background. I started as a mortgage broker in 2016. Prior to that, I was working as a paramedic for the last 14 years. I already had a, a pretty good idea of you know working with clients under you know extremely stressful situations, and um, you know it was it was a nice transition to be able to um, you know go from that space and then. Uh, becoming a broker uh, and I've been doing that now since yeah 2016. So uh, in in your experience mortgage financing is pretty relaxed? <laughs> no not at all <laughs> it's, it's actually um, there's there's so many days where I say like it honestly feels more stressful than when I was working on on the ambulance. It's okay if you lose some blood or a second you know you got two hands but I mean mortgage <laughs> yeah. finance is pretty important. See that you're engaged. So yes, congratulations. Yes. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes, recently got engaged to my fiance Tannis, so um, we're pretty excited about that. She's been uh, over the last uh, year and a half integrating herself into the business, and uh, she's oh. uh, taking her course now as well. So it's going to be like a, a power couple. That's awesome. Yes, yeah, that's the that's the plan. Yeah, awesome. I have a question that goes along a little more with with the topic. Uh, uh, do do you gamble? I, I I tend to gamble a little bit here and there. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I, I see some of your posts for uh, for poker nights or whatever. For poker nights, yeah, yeah, some poker nights and uh, a little bit of blackjack here and there. But yeah, like uh, fantasy football as well. We like a okay. little bit of gambling here and there. It's always good. Awesome. Um, now, d have you ever played roulette? I have a little bit. I have a little bit. I ha not not too too much, but um, I have had a chance to play it a few times. What about Russian roulette? <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Maybe one of these days. <laughs> I haven't been that drunk to try it yet. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Whenever I'm talking to clients about joint credit, call it joint credit roulette. Any guesses as to why I would refer to joint credit as a gamble? Uh, yeah, I could, I could see there's a, there's a few things there that, um, that could, uh, definitely, you know, add a little, uh, complexity to it. Obviously, if somebody's yeah. not paying their bills correctly, um, uh, that can That's be uh, obviously a huge issue. Yeah, for sure. Um, so first I, because I'm quite intense, as my wife tells me, I'm a little, <laughs> credit stuff, uh, I, I don't want people thinking that joint credit in and of itself is, is a bad thing or will automatically neg negatively affect credit. Uh, that's that's sure. not my message at all. Uh, but it, it's really just to make people aware of the risks that are involved. Um, and so th there's the risks with, I think brokers are, are pretty well aware of, of what those risks are, maybe had some, some experiences. So we'll, we'll briefly cover that. But I also want to go into how you can use joint credit as a way to, to build your mortgage business. How do you get more business by helping your clients better understand joint credit? And, and how does that translate into potential business for you as well? 
first of all, I just want to give some examples. Do, do any of them surprise you at all? Uh, not really. There's not really uh, any surprises. They're all pretty pretty common risks involved right. with uh, with joint credit. With death, it's something obviously we don't think about for for multiple reasons why we uh, <laughs> don't want to think about it or, or just <laughs> don't really consider that. So I had a client and he had joint credit with his dad who passed away. Oh no. And TransUnion had him listed as deceased. And oh. so you can imagine how that plays out when a lender pulls the credit report or the insurer pulls the credit re- uh, report in the back end and sees it's deceased. Broker pulls Equifax, thinks everything's good to go, no no issues, but then all of a sudden he's he's listed as as dead and raised some red flags. Yeah. The computer systems tend to make a lot more glitches when there are joint accounts on there. Now, have you ever been a victim of fraud or know anyone? I have never personally had to deal with it, but uh, I have absolutely had friends and my fiance as well. Yeah, it's it's pretty common. Um, a lot of African princes trying to offer out inheritances <laughs> and, yes. and uh, all sorts of different scams. I mean, you can't really go too long without having someone contact you that is trying to get your information or, or, or scam you out as something. Border uh, patrol. And, yeah. yeah. Emails. Yeah, and yeah. One of the first things when I'm talking to clients is, you know, I ask them, Hey, you know, have you had your credit check recently? You know, do you know where it's sitting currently? Um, usually we like to check it first thing in the process, just because there are so many times where we see errors on the bureau that can easily be fixed. But if you have a live offer on the table, you know, it takes time to get those those problems yeah. fixed and those those issues fixed. So um, it's better to have those fixed before you actually have a live offer, and then you're not dealing with all the added stress of trying to have it fixed before. It's never fun to have your Facebook relationship status change to uh, to single or divorced or separated. I think in most cases, I think a lot of people try to make it on good yeah. terms, but I think in you know everybody's best intentions always a lot of the time fall flat, and a lot of the time it ends up being you know, disgruntled in one way or another. So um, usually a breakdown will, you know, tends to go sideways eventually. Yeah. Yeah. It generally does based on, on my experience there and, and the odds, if, if we're talking gambling here, uh, that the chances of a relationship, not, uh, not that I'm trying to scare you away here. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I think we've all, we're all aware of the odds. Not having joint credit, you protect yourself from a lot of issues when you're trying to rebuild, of course. But it's really important for your client to know that it doesn't matter what the judge or the lawyer tells you, the client or whatever's in writing. It doesn't matter what's on the separation agreement. Until that balance is zero, essentially you're on the hook for that if it's a joint credit account. Absolutely. Having been through a divorce myself, uh, the separation agreement can take, you know, it can be a process, especially if yeah. there's contention between the couple or if there's um, custody or, or division of assets, a large division of assets. You, the separation agreement can be quite drawn out. And so um, that process, you know, in some cases can take a year or two. And so, you know, if that debt, if there is a joint debt, you have to really be careful in those cases that that person is still making the payments um, so that it doesn't affect your credit uh, going yeah. forward. 
And then there's good old insolvency, consumer proposal bankruptcy, which I don't think anyone plans on. <laughs> it's one of those no. things where, where uh, something's happened. I had a situation where she worked at CMHC. She had to go into a consumer proposal, not because she had really done anything wrong, but her husband, self-employed, uh, got into an issue where he had to go into bankruptcy. And because they had joint credit, essentially that left her with 100% of the debt balances, which you can imagine she wasn't happy about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, and then Natalie had to actually go and um, beg and, and disclose everything to her employer or to our managers, uh, which then, of course, she almost lost her job because of it. Uh, so you can imagine that's very stressful and embarrassing, not uh, the situation that you want to be in for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, when it comes to joint credit and mortgage financing, have you had any issues with clients, whether co-signing or, or just issues in general? The biggest thing that we see or the biggest example we see of, of joint credit where it could affect your mortgage approval is... Um, where you might have co-signed or maybe one of the other borrowers has co-signed another mortgage. Um, in a lot of cases, the mortgage will only show up on the main borrower's credit bureau, it won't show up on the co-signer's bureau. And so a lot of the time, if that isn't disclosed uh, at the onset, um, a lender may catch that if they pull, say, a TransUnion bureau over an Equifax. I find on some bureaus, on some Equifax bureaus, those don't show, but they do show on a TransUnion bureau. And so for brokers out there, it's a really good idea to pull both whenever you're doing a client's um, credit, just because you never know when something might pop up. And I've, I've had a few where you know, people forget about either co-signing or they don't disclose it. And then it shows up on the TransUnion lender comes back. Hey, you know, what's this property? I see there's another, another property here listed. We'll have to that service that. And then the files, you know, going downhill from there. So yeah. something to always keep an eye on um, when uh, when looking through credit for uh, for clients. Sad when it happens and they're not aware of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and it's good to, like I usually bring that up at the very start too, because there's a lot of people that co-sign um, when they're younger or they've co-signed, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I've even seen where um, there's still a mortgage in play, but because it was so long ago, they don't even think about it. And yeah. so they're like, oh crap, yeah, that, oh, that's still on there? Like, yeah, they're still making payments. Like, oh, it's a good thing to know. Like, yeah. You're still on it. So you want to make sure that they're making those payments. Like, yeah, I'll better, better check in on that. <laughs> yeah. And there's a little less risk when there's joint credit on a mortgage because it's not like the person can pick up the house and run away with it kind of thing. I guess it is possible as opposed to like a vehicle loan where you co-sign for it, someone drives it away. Yeah. Then you're, you're kind of like, there's no way to, to sell it or recuperate that cost. You're, you're just kind of on the hook for it. Same with any other kind of stuff that yeah. people co-sign for. Do you deal with uh, a lot of new to Canada clients? Yeah, we're seeing a lot more now um, over the last few years, especially because Canada is one of the top countries for bringing in um, immigrants. And so yeah. we do see a lot of new to Canada um, files. I I would like it's not as common as like it's not my normal um, my bread and butter, I guess you would say. But yep. uh, but it is something that I see, you know, at least once or twice a month for sure. Okay. 
Yeah, so one of the things I've noticed, if you are dealing with those that are new to Canada, uh, they they seem to be much nicer than us <laughs> or Canadians uh, because they they like to co-sign for friends and family. Absolutely. And they don't really see the risk. Absolutely, yeah. And we when we try to let the let the client like explain it to the clients. You know, when they're right. in that process, when they're considering adding a cosigner, you know, here's here's you know some of the positives, here's some of the drawbacks. You know, do you trust this person? You know, going through all these different uh, questions just to make sure that they the client does have a good idea of you know this is the right fit for me, and and uh, and that way we know we're we're making the right um, the right choice for them. I get a lot of questions about uh, co applicants and supplements cards, uh, and and so. Uh, that's something that's important for if if you're dealing with clients that are looking to rebuild, maybe they're younger and and trying to get their credit built up, uh, first time homebuyers, new to Canada, whatever it is. Um, but just it's important for the clients if if you're trying to coach them through or help them on rebuilding, is that uh, adding themselves as a co-applicant to an existing credit card that doesn't build their credit. Uh, although it, it looks and feels like it's their own credit, it doesn't yeah. affect their credit score at all. I also have some brokers that will recommend clients getting vehicle loans and stuff to rebuild credit. Uh, just just be aware that smaller lenders, I guess it could happen with some some major lenders as well, but I find that the smaller lenders are, are infamous for essentially telling the client that it's going to show up on both or taking the application, they both sign for it, but it only reports to one person's credit report. Absolutely. And so that's that's something where, uh, in, in, in short, unless it's showing up on the credit report, then it, it, it's not helping. I, I just wanted to show the example here of the, the joint or the, the J is what you're looking for in order to know that the account is actually joint and it should show up on both credit reports and affect the credit the exact same way. And then of course on TransUnion, which a lot of brokers are not familiar with, but still good to check, uh, they they hide it in their notes down below. They'll say joint or if it is joint and individual, they probably won't mention anything. But if, if you see joint, that then you know for sure that it's not showing up there. So that's good. If there is clients in some kind of relationship or joint credit and you see it there, I think it's good for you to educate them. I know that while you're doing the application, uh, you're focused on getting them approved and, and getting that done. Uh, but it it's I think it's a good value add. You can double your business or, or, or at least keep one of the clients uh, when when they're trying to do this puzzle buy buyout or just trying to to move on uh, and and refinance down the road, absolutely, yeah. And, and I love like talking about credit is 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 such an easy thing with clients as well because there's so many misconceptions about credit and disinformation and um, you know so many people don't really realize you know how they can improve their credit and and what really affects their credit you know, the most. And so having those conversations and being able to, um, you know, explain those and educate your clients is, is a huge, huge, huge benefit um, and can really benefit your business. And it also can help you get more business, help build uh, some interest in 
those that are new to Canada, different realtors, uh, different referral partners, what it, whatever it is. But that's good information that is, you can pass on to them, which will then allow you to essentially get more business. Uh, so that's another suggestion that I have. Use those resources, educate your clients, but also educate just Canadians in general, build your uh, build your awareness and, and help more people that way. With, with joint credit, it's just the biggest thing is just always knowing who you're, who you're going into joint credit with and, and considering, you know, what you would do if that debt was to completely fall on your shoulders. Um, that's the question that everybody should be asking themselves whenever they go into, you know, co-signing with a mortgage or a credit card or lines of credit or anything like that. Missions and, um, yeah. and that way, you know, you're doing your due diligence ahead of time. That's the reason that I wanted to have the conversation. And thank you once again, yeah. Jason, for uh, coming out and, and helping no, me No, thank that. you so much for having me today. I really appreciate it. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. As a reminder, if you have any comments, please put them down below. If you had the question, most likely another broker now or down the road will have the same one. If you have a specific client scenario that you want me to review, please send me all the details you can to info at creditgame.net and I'll see how I can help. You can click the See More button in order to get the links and resources that we talk about in the episode. And I look forward to seeing you on the next one.